Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Okay, so in today's episode, uh, we're not going to be joined by Colin. I told you the earliest we're going to be joined by him is possibly tomorrow. Uh, he's been gone the whole week. On uh, today's episode, we are going to be talking about the whole Magic Johnson news, a little bit about Dwayne Wade and um, Dirk Nowitzki retiring, and then I'm going to go over my NBA playoff predictions. Maybe if we have a little time, we can do like the would-you-rather questions, maybe if I still have time. But the reason I didn't do all this Dwayne Wade, Dirk, uh, especially I'm a little late on the Magic Johnson news was because yesterday we were joined by a special guest and we did a preview on the golf masters. We made our, uh, clear I did my NHL playoff prediction for a second time, but he did his, uh, our special guest. And we talked about how much we hate the NCAA tournament on Monday nights. And that whole thing it was actually really fun. It was one of my favorite episodes, not my favorite episode I've ever done. I really enjoyed it. And I know a lot of people haven't really listened to it yet. So if you're listening to this, have not listened to that, go check that out. So far, the person that I had winning, which I won't tell you, you're going to have to go watch that episode to find out who I have winning the Masters. So far, has not done well. So that's a little hint for you. But yeah, it was really fun. You guys should definitely go check that out. Hopefully, our special guest can join us for uh, another time, hopefully soon. Uh, but we have no college today, no Billy, no Charles, no one still. Please, guys, wh- wh- why not? Why Why not? It, you know, I've been lonely except for yesterday. Just call in. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the harm? It, it'll be fun. Trust me. Just give it a chance. Uh, you know what? I? How about this? You know, I post for you guys every day a podcast. How about you guys try calling in, you know? Uh, I'm not forcing you guys to do it, but it, you know, be nice. It, it would make me feel, make me feel good, and it, it always motivates me when you know I, when the views are going up and people start calling in. It'll really motivate me, uh, and I I kind of motivate myself. But no, I just really appreciate that. So uh, let's get into it. First, I'll I'll start with uh, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, and my thoughts on Dwayne Wade retiring. Listen, the guy is. Um, the guy's still young. I think he is, uh, he still has gas in the tank, in my opinion, a lot of it. Um, because this season he's been dropping around 12 off the bench for the Heat, and he's actually, he's having a a good, uh, he's had a good year. Um, it's crazy to think that he's already, um, actually 37 years old, sorry, um, having a little trouble speaking today. I don't know why. But it's crazy to think that this guy's already 37 years old. I would never – you'd never guess he's 37. I thought he still had at least one more year. He actually almost retired before the season even started. But Carmelo was like – Melo's a huge influence. And then CP3 and LeBron, they're all like, you're really going to retire? And you, you still have a little gas in the tank. And, you know, this whole journey, like the one last dance, you know, let everyone, you know – appreciate your career and you know end it off kind of with the whole one last dance thing listen I think the still the guy still has gas in the tank but you know he said he's kind of sick of it and he's already 37 which is just crazy to think about so honestly I think he could have gone for another year two is a little bit of a stretch considering he's 37 but I think another year wouldn't have killed him but if he doesn't like it he's already had a legendary career I think he should have won 09 MVP uh, but he didn't so that would have been another thing too. I think he's a top 
three shooting guard all time. I put him over AI. Uh, Michael Jordan's number one. Kobe's number two. Uh, Dwayne Wade's number three for me, and then Allen Iverson's number four. I, I always considered Allen Iverson a point guard, but he's technically shooting guard. It's weird. But my thoughts on Dirk Nowitzki retiring. This is a question I'm gonna ask you, and I'll ask myself and I'll answer. Why did Dirk wait till the very end of the season to retire? And I think it comes down to a mix of these two factors. One factor is he still was not sure about retirement until about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, he said, you know what, I'm going to retire. And I think they started to plan this out on this night on my last game at Dallas. I'm going to make this speech. And he prepared for it. It obviously didn't happen right before the game. He said, you know what, I'm going to retire. No, it's obviously planned out. So, you know, a week or two ago, I think, I believe, that's when he really decided retirement. Because I feel like he was undecided most of the season. And he decided, you know what, starting to get old, which he is, and just decided to call it a career the other night. The second thing is, to me, it's a mix of both, is the fact that even if he said, I'm probably going to retire two months ago, he didn't want it to be, he didn't want to have the whole season be about him, or the whole end of the season. He said, you know what, I'll do it on this last game in Dallas, and I'll have that night be to me. Dwayne Wade may be the most unselfish, not even basketball player, but person on the planet. He took multiple pay cuts for the team. You know, he doesn't care about the money. He's so unselfish. Um, and he's just a perfect player to have in your organization. Cause not only is he, um, you know, Dirk's not only one of those players who's, you know, an all time great, but you know, you know, there's obviously, would you rather build your uh, organization around LeBron or MJ or Dirk? You're going to choose LeBron or MJ. But the thing about Dirk is he's probably a top 20, top 25 player of all time. But not only that, he's willing to take pay cuts. He put the team first. He's a fan favorite from the whole, everyone. Uh, he's a very humble man, very funny. Like, how do you not like Dirk? And it's great from an organizational standpoint to build your organization around a guy like that. But... He's so unselfish. I think even if he decided, you know, two months ago, because I do think at the beginning of the season he was undecided, but if two months ago he said, I'm going to retire, I think he was just like, you know what? No, I'm not going to tell it to anyone. Maybe like my wife or whatever, but I'm not going to tell anyone because I don't want everything to be about me. He's a team first guy, and I think that really did play a factor. And he said, I'll have this one night to myself where I'll make my speech and it'll be, you know, Dirk Knight on my last game. That's all right, especially because we're not going to make the playoffs. It's fine. Even if he did what Dwayne Wade did, I wouldn't really blame him. His team's not in the playoffs, and he's, he's has had such a legendary career, and he deserved it, uh, just like Dwayne Wade did, but he's just not that kind of guy. And both these guys will uh, forever be remembered. I love the two of them, uh, and it's sad to see two legends go uh, so quickly right? like that. I, I, once the end of the season hit, I was like, wait, wait, wait they're actually done. And it's just crazy to think about because we're like, yeah, they're going to retire. And then when it really happens, it's just so strange. You know, like, wow, they're actually no more Dirk Nowitzki, no more Dwayne Wade. When have we been able to say that? Not in a long time. So this is just crazy. But it's playoff time. We'll get to our playoff predictions after we talk a little bit about Magic Johnson. Oh, what's going on there? What's going on in L.A.? All of that. We'll touch up a little bit on LeBron, just the whole thing, because I know I'm a day late. Sorry, guys. But yesterday we did the Masters preview, and I still don't regret it because that was so fun. You really should listen to that. Uh, it was a good time with our special guest. New, uh, not Thomas. It was a new one that has not been on the show yet. So 
uh, go check that out. Um, so I'm a day late, but we're going to talk about it anyway uh, right now. Okay, so as many of you know, it was a kind of a crazy last few days. Like, Grayson Al dropped 40, uh, Jamal Crawford dropped 51 points, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, and then Magic Johnson was kind of the biggest news. Um, so what does this mean for the Lakers as a whole? He stepped down, and he said for his own enjoyment, he just wanted to have some fun again. He wasn't really having that as the Lakers president. Personally, the Lakers... This is a fine thing. He did a bad job. He did a... I'm sorry. He did a bad job. They gave up on D'Angelo Russell um, way too quickly. I thought he, he wasn't a bad player. The thing was, he was not a great fit. Uh, he's kind of an off-the-court distraction. But what they traded him for didn't make sense. Sure. We sit here and say, all right, you get rid of D'Angelo Russell, who still had a good amount of potential, and Timothy Mozgov's bad contract. For Brooks, Brooke Lopez in the 27th pick, who ended up being Kyle Kuzma, but I don't want you to think they traded D'Angelo Russell on a bad contract for Brooke Lopez and Tim, uh, Kyle Kuzma, because Kyle Kuzma was lucky. Think about it as they traded D, D'Angelo Russell on a bad contract for Brooke Lopez in a late first-round pick, because I don't want you to think that was Kyle Kuzma. I want you to think of it as a late first-round pick. Brooke Lopez was... An all-star mostly just because he got all the touches and he was kind of exiting his prime. And this was a Lakers team that was going into a rebuild. So it made no sense to take on Brooke Lopez's overpaid contract. Who's going to become free agent, wasn't going to be part of your future. And the 27th pick, which you really just lucked out on, that that was Kyle Kuzma. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not luck. It was good scouting. But, I mean, you know, really, it's the 27th pick. You gave up on D'Angelo Russell way too quickly. You gave up. I don't even think you gave up. You just let Julius Randle walk. Um, he's made some good moves to the Kyle Kuzma pick. Still, I don't think the Brandon Ingram pick was horrible. I, You know, he's not a great defender, not a great three-point shooter, but overall he gets the ball in the basket. Um, he got LeBron. So when I sit here and say Magic Johnson's job, what was Magic Johnson's job? Was Magic Johnson's job to get LeBron, get good role players and stars around him? Magic Johnson started the job, and he was expected to finish it. Now they have to get someone who can finish that job. Who can come in here and get LeBron reliable 3 and D role players and all-stars? One or two, hopefully. Who can finish what Magic Johnson started? That's the question going around. Who can come in here and get Magic Johnson that all-star? Now, uh, not Magic Johnson. Get the Lakers the all-star. Finish what Magic Johnson did. Now, the problem with the Lakers is they constantly look at the Laker family. Um, you know, this is Magic Johnson getting signed. Uh, they, they constantly, they kind of limit their, uh, they kind of limit their, what would you say? Uh, their job, rec- uh, their job, wh- wh- why can't I think of the word? Okay, let's just say this. They're employees. They're, they're possible employees They for the GM spot. They only look in the Laker family. It's a pretty big Laker family, but past legends don't usually exceed, succeed as a GM. A few do. A few succeed at, succeed at coaching, but most fail. Uh, you need to look at everyone. You need to give everyone a shot and get, get the best play. Not the best option out of the Laker family. The best option out of everyone. You get the best guy for your uh, for your organization. 
I think who who do you think can kind of be player friendly and get in that All Stars, those role players? I don't think they'll have too many too, too much of a problem getting role players, and I think they won't have too much of a problem getting All Stars. But I'm not totally convinced they're gonna get an All Star. We talk about um, Space Jam, LeBron's getting it's hard, you know, LeBron's struggling to find people. I can't talk tonight. Struggling to find people to get. Uh, to do, sorry, um, Space Jam 2 with him. I'm, I, I'm sorry, I just can't talk today. All right. <sighs> Deep breath. All right. And, but some of these stars would be crazy not to join LeBron in LA. Here's why. One, they were a playoff team right before, and I mean, it's LeBron. Let me just say that, it's LeBron. This team has playoff potential. They, this team was built horribly around LeBron, though. They, every bad thing that happened, happened for the Lakers this season. They got off to a good start, which wasn't bad, but then LeBron got hurt. He came back. LeBron got hurt, which hurt them in that 17-game stretch. Once he came back, all the leaked information hurt the chemistry and cost them a few games. Then Lonzo Ball went down with an injury. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, all of these guys. Rajon Rondo, earlier in the season, they all went down a lot of injuries. Luke Walton has also cost them a few games with bad coaching at the end of some of these games. And overall, there is championship potential with the right GM. This move is so crucial, I cannot tell you. Um, you know the Lakers uh, Raptors GM? I can't pronounce his name, but he's a very talented GM. He drafts very well. He's good in free agency. He can just build a team very well. If they can get him, I'm confident. I forget his name. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. And you guys might know who he is, but uh, you don't, you know, the name does not matter. You can look that up. But they need a good GM because that's crucial. You need someone who can build the right team about, around LeBron. And I'm not just saying someone who can go out there and sign a free agent. I could probably do that. I don't know how much, you know, obviously there is some things like if you get a real GM compared to me, you know, I think that's going to help the player's interest a little to realize some, you know, an adult's really running the thing and experienced, someone experienced in the field, and then there's just me. Um, but who can also build the right team around him in the sense of getting those right role players? Who's going to make the right trade? Is it Are we going to trade for Blake Griffin or Anthony Davis? Or are we going to trade for no one? What are we going to do? Who's going to make the right decisions? Because it's not all about just getting the all-star. Are we getting the right all-star? Are we getting the right role players? Are we making the right trades? Because there's possibilities that all three of those things happen. They should go after, they should be getting an all-star whether that's in a trade or not, and they should be getting role players that are better than this. Because when I look at their roster, they don't have any 3 and D players except for Josh Hart, I guess, who's coming off the bench and hasn't even been that good. Like, he doesn't even get a ton of minutes. If Josh Hart's your really only 3 and D wing and Le- you're building a team around LeBron, don't be surprised that you're not in the playoffs. I think that's something we need to notice. They This team was built horribly by Magic Johnson. I'm sorry. What were you doing? And then the whole Anthony Davis thing, like, oh, it just, I'm sorry. It was just bad. Now I bring the question to you. Should LeBron reconsider his future with the Lakers? My answer is no, because I also want to get this off the table. You guys can call in. I'm asking these questions to you guys as well if you want to call in and answer. 
My answer is no, because he has the rings. He has three rings. And LA is a place for him to expand his brand in a big market. Also, with the Lakers, is there's still potential there where he went to a team in a big market that had young pieces for a potential Anthony Davis trade and a place that was going to have salary cap space to not only pay him but other stars and all these types of things. And an organization that would kind of listen to him, which I think any would really. But the Lakers are just a good spot, and I don't think he should because I think we start really talking about it if they don't get any all-stars this offseason. They don't get any all-stars, and they get, like, one more 3 and D wing, and this team really isn't much better from last season. Maybe they get the playoffs because no injuries. You know, they add a 3 and D wing. Maybe all these things they still get in the playoffs, but if that happens, then LeBron might have to start reconsidering his future with the Lakers. But we're not there yet, and I don't think we will end up at that point. They're going to get 3 and D wings. They're going to get stars, I hope. If you're an all, if if no stars go to the Lakers, they're crazy. They should. I and I and I said this. Uh, it's it's LeBron. There's still potential for a championship team there. You have LeBron. You have the pieces to trade for a guy like Anthony Davis. You tell me LeBron and Anthony Davis in the second most winning franchise of all time. I mean, how are you, how do you not want to go there? I mean. Uh, also, on Bradley Beal trade along with Blake Griffin and Anthony Davis, I just thought about that. How if you're like Clay Thompson? I mean, Clay Thompson already has the rings, but you know, you get my point. If you're another star, how do you not want to go there? Demarcus Cousins, he got along well with Anthony Davis. I mean, were they perfect fits? No. Were they bad fits? No. You know, they enjoyed each other's company, and that wouldn't be bad. I mean, I don't know what you're doing about the guard position now. If you trade for Anthony Davis. It was Lonzo Ball part of that deal, like what, what's going on at the guard position. But all of that can be figured out. <coughs> Sorry. But those are some questions to ask yourself, Colin, and <coughs> – oh, God. And answer them. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, today. So, again, Anchor Mobile app. Type in after the buzzer sports talk. Send in a voice message, please. I, I just really – I really want some callers. Um, <coughs> I'd really <coughs> – Oh, God, I really appreciate that uh, a lot if you guys called. And it really makes me show that my work is paying off here because I do post for you guys uh, every day. So, you know, it would be nice for a little appreciation back just to show that I'm not I'm wasting my time here, which I don't think I am. But, you know, do, do just be nice. Uh, so now we are going to get to uh, my uh, NBA playoff predictions. I'll go a little into depth on each um on each matchup. Uh, it's obviously not going to be perfect, so I'll say what I think the series will be, a four-game series, five, six, seven, yeah, all that. Get a little bit in depth on every series. Just touch on it. I'm not saying five minutes for each single se- No. But it'll, you know, quickly go on everyone. So, uh, yeah, let's get to that. Okay, so I am going to actually start with the West. Usually I'd start with the East, but I'll start with the West. First, we have the Warriors and the Clippers. The one-seeded Warriors versus the eight-seeded Clippers. The Clippers have been a great story this year. Doc Rivers, I think, has been a top three, if not top four or five coach this season. He's been great. But this team is overachieved. They're facing the Warriors. The Warriors are going to win this game. This series probably 4-0. I mean, I could see the Clippers maybe pushing this to a five-game series, but this isn't too much of a talk. The Clippers should just be happy that they're even in the playoffs right now, especially after the Tobias Harris trade. 
They were the one seed to start the year. That was pretty uh, significant. Jerry West has been one of the best GMs despite his age. Um, he's still a great GM. He's making good moves. you got to trust Jerry, uh, just like trust the process. But this year's not their year losing four or five games. Now, the next series um, is the two-seeded Nuggets versus the seven-seeded Spurs. Now, this is a very, very interesting matchup, and I think could go any way. The Spurs are an old team with a one of the best, if not the best coach ever in Greg Popovich. Very experienced team versus the Nuggets, whose literally biggest weakness is the fact that they are the most inexperienced team probably in the playoffs out of the 16 teams. Uh, you can argue the Magic, the Nets, whatever, but in the, especially in the West, like they may be the two seed, but this is going to be at least a six-game series, I think, at least. I have the Nuggets winning this in seven games. I wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets win in six. I wouldn't even be too surprised if the Spurs win in six. I'd be a little, but the Spurs could e- could win, not easily, but they could win. Now, to me, the question is, can someone step up on Nikola Jokic? Um, I would have, I think the Jazz and Nuggets would have been the series where I picked the Jazz to win. Uh, The Jazz just dominate them. Rudy Gobert is just too much for Jokic to handle. That's just a great matchup, but that's not what we're talking about. The Spurs are just experienced. Greg Popovich knows what he's doing and can put up a perfect game plan for his guys to beat this Nuggets team who's inexperienced and can be they're going to be vulnerable at times and that is perfect for a Greg Popovich team Uh, you know to find that vulnerable team with the Nuggets they're going to be vulnerable they're going to show vulnerable spots facing Greg Popovich that's scary this is going to be a good series uh you'd think a 2v7 seed eh but no this is going to be a good series and I think for some of those bottom teams you know, that we're trying to, you know, avoid the Warriors, avoid the Rockets. They were trying to get the Trailblazers and Nuggets. The Spurs, they hit on a good matchup for them, but I still don't think they'll win. And then we have the three-seeded Trailblazers versus the six-seeded Thunder. The Thunder had late-season struggles, but lately have been on a five-game winning streak. And the Blazers have been playing good, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, but I have the Thunder winning this in five games. I think I could see this being a six-game series too, but the biggest factor here is the fact that the Trailblazers are consistently an inferior team. I think Dame is going to be very good this playoff series, uh, especially with not this Thunder team, you know, with Russell Westbrook's not a great defender either, which is great for Dame because last season Damian Lillard really struggled due to Drew Holiday, who's the X factor. I think the biggest and most important piece, you can say Davis, but he's really the X factor because he shut down Damian Lillard and had a really good series and that led to their sweep. But the Blazers just aren't built for the playoffs, especially uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be missing McCollum for a good chunk of the series. And Nurkic is done, who's a huge uh, part uh, of this team. Uh, And really they needed him because they really, you got Lillard and McCollum, but other than that, you got like an okay forward duo in Harkless and Aminu. And I mean, Cantor can step up, yes, but he gave you that bench depth that you desperately needed. Now you don't have that because he's got to move up. No one to fill that spot, really. I got the Thunder in five, you know, maybe six games, too. I could see the Trailblazers putting up a little bit of a fight, but the Thunder, I think they'll they'll win this series for sure. 
Then we got the Rockets and the Jazz. I got the Rockets winning this in six games. Rockets are the four seed, the Jazz are the five seed. Don't sleep on the Jazz. This is going to be a pretty good series, I think, but I just got the Rockets. They're going to show up. You know, Kobe's talking about all this ISO ball is not going to work, but I think it's an, you know, it, it'll be good enough to get them through the first round. The Jazz are a good opponent. Uh, they're a good team. They're young, a little inexperienced, but they have some experience as well. They beat the Thunder last year in seven games. I was really hoping for that matchup again, uh, but it didn't happen. It was, it, was, it was not really that close, actually. It wasn't, you know, coming down the stretch, but then the Thunder collapsed, but we won't talk about that. Uh, that's a topic for another episode, as I usually say. Um, sorry, that was really weird and cringy. But anyway... I think the Rockets are going to win this series. Uh, I I think the Jazz could put up a fight. I'd be surprised if they win, but I think they could definitely be on. Uh, the Rockets could be on upset alert a little, uh, but I'd be pretty surprised if the Jazz win this series. But I think they're a good team. I like them, but I got the Rockets in six. Um, now we move over to the Eastern Conference. We have the Bucks and the Pistons. Um, I could see the. Pistons may be like stealing a game three from the Bucks, to be honest. And the reason being is I think this will be a five-game series. The Bucks, I think they finally have the experience to push themselves through the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a team like Giannis Antetokounmpo. The past two seasons has been two first-round exits, and he knows they're heavy favorites to finally win this series because last year they were not favorites over the Celtics, and the Raptors was debatable, but they still lost that one anyway. So this season he's finally a heavy favorite. I think they're going to probably win the first two games and then start to kind of look ahead a little bit, and then the Pistons will kind of bite them in the butt. Uh, for a game three or game four win for the Pistons, the Pistons kind of steal one. Uh, well, the Bucks are kind of looking ahead, and all of a sudden they drop a game. But that's really why I think it'll be a five-game series. But the Bucks are going to win anyway. Um, nothing to worry about there. Raptors versus Magic. Uh, I have the. I don't. I didn't want to pick a sweep here, but I did because you know, besides the Warriors and the Clippers, I feel like you got to have like two or three first round sweeps. Uh, so I got the Raptors sweeping the Magic. The Magic have like no playoff experience whatsoever, and yes, they've been clicking a lot of late. But this is a Raptors team that. They're not great in the playoffs, but they have Kawhi instead of DeMar DeRozan and Nick Nurse instead of Dwayne Casey. Leonard has done this before. He's won finals MVP. This is a different Spurs team with a different coach. Sir Nick Nurse is inexperienced, but Dwayne Casey constantly choked. So this is a different Raptors team. I don't think they're, you know, playoff chokers anymore. We'll see, but I have them sweeping the Magic just because you got to pick some sweeps. Nothing against the Magic. I like Orlando, and I like the way they've been playing lately, but I'm still not picking them. 76ers versus Nets. I actually picked this to be a six-game series. I told you, I am not a fan of the 76ers when it comes to playoff time. Uh, and for the past few years, I haven't. They're still a young team. They're kind of immature. They have no bench depth. And Brett Brown's just not a good coach, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I think he should be in the hot seat. Uh, but I still think six games... Because we can also say the same thing about the Nets. The Nets turn the ball over more than 15 times. They're a young team. They're an energetic team. 
they are still a little immature, and they're more even more inexperienced than the 76ers. But this could be a five-game series, but the Nets are at least winning one, I think. Uh, Six-game series might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think they might surprise us a little. I think is going to have a really good series. Uh, I think it'll be a, a little bit of a fun series, and uh, we'll see a few people panic, but overall the Sixers will pull this out in six games. And then we have the Celtics versus Pacers. Uh, I either think this is going to be a six-game series or a seven-game series the Celtics will win. Um, I think I picked a seven-game series just because the six games in Indiana and we suck on the road and the Indiana Pacers are really good at home, but the Celtics should win this series. You know, I, I think there are, there are a few people who pick the Pacers, but most people are Celtics and six, Celtics and seven. Almost like, I feel like 90% of people pick the Celtics but they all picked it to be a really close series. So everyone's thinking six or seven games for the Celtics, and I have to agree. Uh, you know, I could also see potentially a five-game series just to see maybe the – just for the fact that the Pacers really don't have a star leading their team. And this is worst-case scenario for the Pacers is they don't have a star leading their team, so that it really hurts them. And the Celtics just all of a sudden come together as one team. And if they come together as one team, they're a top-three team in the league. Uh, and if we see that top-three team in the league, Celtics, and the Pacers are just kind of not meant for this without no star, no Victor Oladipo, then it could be a five-game series. But I'm picking six or seven-game series here. Celtics are winning. I'm going to show a little bias towards the Celtics just because I'm a C's fan, but whatever. That's fine. It's fine with me. Uh, I might be wrong, but we're all wrong sometimes, and I'm not going to hate on my team uh, too much. Like, I hated on the Red Sox thinking they were going to lose to the Yankees uh, in the – not the wild card round, but the first round. Um, that's just mean. Second round, we're starting Warriors versus Rockets. This is going to be a good six-game series, well fought, but the Warriors are going to prevail. Uh, the Rockets will put up some good fights, a few nice games. They've dominated the Warriors, so I'd say dominating. Yeah, I'd say they dominated them in the regular season, but things are going to be different. The Warriors are going to win this in six games, I think. Then we have the Nuggets in the Thunder. I have the Thunder winning this in five or six games. I think the Thunder are teams are a little too high on the Thunder just for the fact that they're on a five-game winning streak. But the Thunder always seem to struggle a little bit in the playoffs. But I still think the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. You have out of the top four teams that the Thunder are lucking out here. Because they're in that that little bracket where I can say those first two rounds, they're they're gonna face the Trailblazers and the winner of the Spurs and the Nuggets. I'm sorry, that's just weak. Uh, you know, like the Trailblazers and Nuggets had a good regular season. The Spurs were almost better than them, but overall, you know, the Nuggets are inexperienced. Uh, the Trailblazers are inferior, and the Spurs are just kind of old, and you're better than them. So the Thunder kind of luck out here, and they'll win this in a five, six-game series. I, I think six, maybe five, though. Uh, maybe, who knows, maybe even seven, but I got the Thunder winning this series. And then we go over to the second round in the East. Bucks versus Celtics. I had the Celtics winning in seven. It's a little biased, sure. It could be a little biased, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks win at all, but I decided this is one where most people pick the Bucks as well, so I picked the Celtics to actually prevail in Milwaukee, which would be a miracle for us to win a game on the road. Wow, that would be crazy. And we're going to win a game seven, so that's a real bold prediction. 
And then we're going to have the 76ers and Raptors. The Raptors are winning. I told you, I don't like the 76ers in the playoffs. I don't look at them as legitimate threats to really win the East. Uh, sorry, 76ers fans. I know there's a lot. They're actually, I'm not joking. This isn't a joke. Like, oh, so, sorry if I offended all five of you Orlando Magic fans. No, this is real. There's actually a lot of 76ers fans out there. Uh, but Raptors probably in six games, I'll say. Six six games is fair. Um so, Celtics Raptors. Uh, but then we're going to have the Warriors and Thunder face off in the Western Conference Finals. I got another six-game series that the uh, Warriors will be winning. I think this series for the Warriors could potentially either be just a little easier than the Rockets or a little harder. But it's going to be around the same. They're going to win in six games again. Uh, on paper, the Thunder are probably the scariest matchup besides the Celtics to the Warriors. But they haven't played like that exactly this season, but I'll still give them six games. Uh, and then the Celtics versus Raptors. I'm not going to be too biased here. I got the Raptors winning uh, a six or seven game series. Uh, all the Celtics series are going to be close, and they're finally going to lose a close series to the Raptors. Personally, I think if the Celtics can beat the Bucks, they can beat anyone in the East. The biggest... Uh, the biggest threat to the Celtics in the East is the Bucks, then the Raptors. But for some reason, I just have a feeling that they beat the Bucks, which I don't even have a strong feeling about. I just didn't want them losing the second round. I wanted to at least give them the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think the Raptors and Warriors will um, go to the finals together, and I think the Warriors will win probably in like five or six games. I think I had them uh, when I did my NBA pick them. Had them winning uh, in, with the seven-game series, but... Uh, I mean, a six-game series, but it could go five games, seven. But the Warriors are winning this year. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there's some people out there that are like Raptors fans, pick the Raptors to win, Rockets fans, you get my point. But the Warriors are going to win. I I mean, if they, I'd be stunned if they don't, and I'd be wrong with around 92% of the world, and then there's going to be that 8% that pick their own team, like stupid. Um, but, I mean, how do you not pick the Warriors? I, I got them in six games. Uh, a lot of six-game series for them. But, I mean, how do you not pick the Warriors? The Raptors have matched up well with them, but the Warriors have much more experience than the Raptors do, and overall they just have the better team. Uh, but, you know, call in with some of your bold predictions, your whole thing. I don't even care. Uh, just go over it quickly, please. Like, I don't want to spend, like, ten minutes listening to you like I just did. Just If you want to go over them quickly or just your first-round predictions, here, how about that? If you want to call in on the Anchor Mobile app with your predictions, Call in quickly and just r ramble off your uh, first-round predictions, and you can come back with your second round, your Eastern Conference Finals, and your finals. And once we start getting deeper in, I'll let you kind of explain with more time. But the first round is kind of like, eh, all right. You know, I don't want to sit here forever. And, I mean, I, I appreciate a caller, though. So, um, yeah, uh, again, call in on the Anchor Mobile app after the Buzzer Sports Talk. Uh, go check out my Ascendant Voice message. Um Go check out my last episode that was really fun with the special guest. I highly recommend you listen to that or some of my other episodes, even if you want to. Uh, so, yeah, please call in. Uh, tell your friends about this as well so we can uh, keep climbing in the uh, views. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.